Tensions between the U.S. and its two greatest adversaries, Russia and China, are at their highest in decades. The conflict in Ukraine, now half a year old, is seeing no end in sight. China's increased military drills near Taiwan also has the U.S. taking notice. Amid this tense atmosphere, Moscow and Beijing launched a week of military drills. Dubbed Vostok 2022, the war games also included several ex-Soviet states, India and Syria. Taking place in Russia's Far East and the Sea of Japan, the exercises involved more than 50,000 troops and 60 warships. The drills were the latest display of growing defense ties between China and Russia as their own relations with the West worsened. Russia, which is currently battling NATO-backed Ukrainian forces to a standstill, has condemned the alliance's eastward expansion. And just last week, the U.S. approved over a billion dollars in arms sales to Taiwan, following up on last month's visits by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to the self-governing island that Beijing claims as its own. The visit sparked weeks of military exercises by China that is fast changing the military balance around Taiwan. To further discuss the military drills between Russia and China, joining us from London is Elizabeth Braw. She is a resident fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. And by Jennifer Murtazashvili, she is the president of the Central Eurasian Studies Society. And she joins us from Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania. Thank you to the both of you for joining us here on Straight Talk today. Je Jennifer, let me start with you. Along with sending a message of unity and power to the United States, what does Russia and China aim to accomplish here with these war games? So I think it's important for us to remember that the size of these war games is far smaller than they were four years ago. And let's remember four years ago, this Vostok uh, exercise had 200,000 participants. This time it's 50,000. So although uh, Russia and China, and I think in particular Russia, wants to send a very strong message of unity, I think that message is a bit diffuse at this time. Of course, China's participating uh, in this, but I don't think that uh, the message that it's sending is quite as strong as it was in the past. Right, and Elizabeth, let, let me bring you in here. What do you make of the lineup of the countries uh, that are participating in, in, in the drills? Some are ex-Soviet countries. Uh, we also have Syria uh, and China taking place, of course. What do you make of this lineup? Well, it's a sorry lineup, is it not? I mean, if this is, these are the friends you have. Yes, China's participating. China is a powerful country. But apart from China, uh, it's mostly not very palatable, palatable countries. India. Uh, is is sort of a case uh, on a special case. It is a country that many many uh, countries would like to be friends with, but it likes to sort of play both sides. But apart from that, if you compare that, if you compare this exercise to to uh, NATO exercises that, of course, include uh, somewhere around thirty countries, sometimes even more, uh, because they invite NATO invites partners. Uh, this is really a. a, a, a a sorry state of affairs for Russia, and and it does signal that not many countries want to conduct military exercises with Russia, and uh, it, it signals that that is a signal that's going out at just the time when Russia is desperate to 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 prove its its worth as a major military power. So it's proving uh, the opposite, in your opinion. Absolutely. All right, Jennifer. Let me bring you in here. We're seeing an increase in defense ties uh, between. Russia and China, two countries with a powerful uh, defense force. Do you think that the West should be worried that we're seeing this alliance grow? 
So, uh, of course, the United States uh, and the West should be concerned uh, about this relationship. But I think it's also important for us to remember that the strength and military ties between uh, Russia and China became even stronger after 2014, after the Maidan revolution in Ukraine. You know, prior to 2014, Ukraine had been a very important partner uh, with China in providing uh, defense technologies and many things that Russia would not provide. Provided. This changed after 2014. We began to see stronger military ties between Russia and China. But let's also remember that Russia and China share a very long border. And you know, in the in the long term, I think there is increased mistrust between China and Russia about the intentions of the other. So right now, this seems like a relationship. Um, you know, that's a mutual benefit in the short term. But I think in the long term, we really have to keep our eye on this relationship because, you know, China has not uh, come out in support of Russia's war. Russia, uh, China has uh, really tried to um, maintain an equal footing with sanctions. Of course, it hasn't uh, signed on to the sanctions, but it's doing its best to try to uh, not violate those norms. So, uh, I, I think we have to take this with an incredible grain of salt and look at this in historical perspective. You know, as Elizabeth mentioned, the groups, the, the individual countries that are participating in this, yes, it seems like a large and significant number. But if we look at, you know, some of those countries, especially those in Central Asia that are members of the CSTO, they have increasingly frayed uh, relations with Russia, yet they still participate. So participation in this kind of military exercise, I don't think we can say, uh, you know, substantially uh, says anything about the future of this relationship. All right. Taking everything that Jennifer just said into consideration, Elizabeth, do you think that uh, China and Russia will officially form a military alliance? I know that they've rejected that notion in the past before, but Putin recently said that such a prospect can't be ruled out. Uh, I don't think they will, and they won't do so, so for, for a, a very, uh, very obvious reason, which is that they don't share any values. They share tactical interests and that, uh, or strategic interests. Uh, which is to to um, uh, limit the the power of of NATO, but you you have to if you're going to form a, a sort of a counter alliance to NATO, you have to have uh, values in common, and that's what what the, the Soviet bloc countries had back in the day. You can say, well, what were those values worth? Not very much because the Warsaw Pact collapsed, collapsed, but nevertheless they had this shared uh, faith in, in, in uh, socialism. Russia and China share nothing apart from dislike or distrust uh, or animosity uh, uh, of the West uh, or animosity towards the, the West. And so if, if you uh, have that, if you're, the only thing you have in common is, is who, who, whom you dislike or whom you are trying to, to, to counter, then you cannot uh, cooperate uh, on, a, on a basis of trust, which is what's needed uh, in, in, in uh, operating a military alliance and we should remember that the Soviet Union back in the day and China never trusted each other and Russia and China don't trust each other today either. Well it seems like it's enough uh, reason for both countries to lean on each other for support in their own aspirations. We're seeing uh, China back Russia's aspirations in Ukraine and we're seeing Russia do the same for China's aspirations in Taiwan. Uh, Jennifer could we see China get more aggressive with its response to Taiwan especially after Nancy Pelosi's visit and the military drills that we saw it conduct? I mean, I think at, the, at this point, you know, for any of us to say 
you know, anything is off the table. I think we've learned from the past six months that it's really dangerous to say something like that. Uh, but China is a very different country than Russia. Uh, China has a uh, you know, robust economic ties with the rest of the world that it depends on. And I think we'd have to ask ourselves a question of whether China could withstand the kinds of sanctions uh, coming from the West if it were to invade Taiwan. Uh, but we'd also have to ask whether the West could sustain those kinds of sanctions as well. So China, you know, is in a much better position in many ways. But I do think that an invasion of Taiwan at this point uh, is quite unlikely. All right, let's talk a bit about India's role here. Elizabeth, you mentioned uh, India uh, because it's taking part in these war games, but it hasn't fallen short of depicting itself as a pro-Western uh, ally. I mean, it's even purchased S-400s which it has gotten little attention from the West compared to when Turkey purchased S-400s. It was slapped with sanctions and it was condemned widely across the West. Why is India still seen as a friend of the West when it continues to buy Russian oil, when it's taking part in these drills and when it's part of so many Russian groups? Yeah, it does seem a bit unfair, does it not, that, that Turkey gets, uh, uh, well, gets a lot of, of um, uh, anger uh, when it buys Russian equipment and India gets uh, no anger or is, is punished in no way. But we should also remember that the Turkey is, of course, a, a, a member of NATO, which uh, means that it's, it's uh, judged by higher standards in India than India, which is uh, not even a... Um, a partner in any way of NATO, and and the the interesting thing about India, dating back really to to uh, the moment uh, uh, it was founded uh, as a well when after uh, it, it it gained independence from from the UK, is they has taken uh, pursued this path of neutrality, and that was uh, it was very uh, very strong power within this non-aligned movement. During the Cold War, and that uh, that position has uh, continued uh, until today. Uh, I'm often on, on Indian television shows, and it's interesting how often and and how vigorously uh, the idea comes up that it's horrible, it's uh, it's detestable that the West should expect would expect India to to just follow along with whatever uh, measures the West is undertaking vis-a-vis -vis Russia, uh, the, the Indian commentators always make a very energetic point that India can do as it likes and it may decide to uh, to uh, uh, impose sanctions on Russia or, or, or other measures, but it doesn't want to be told what to do by the West. And then there is another thing, which is that we as the West really mm. need India. Uh, if we're going to reduce our dependence on China for manufacturing, right. For on, for the, on the Chinese market, then we need India uh, as a sort of a, a new market to focus on, which is, I think, another reason why why we are not too, we as the West are not not right. too judgmental of, of India. Jennifer, would you say that the U.S. needs India to counter China? What's their strategy when it comes to dealing with a country that has been criticized for its human rights abuses, the lack of democracy in the country, freedom of speech, and to top it off, uh, all its ties it, ha it has with Russia? So I think one thing important to remember in all of this is, yes, India is participating, but look at India's relationship with China in recent years. We've seen um, border conflicts. We've seen even uh, people killed on both sides of this border uh, in, in recent years. So I think relations between China and India are extremely fraught. And so, so to think that 
you know, this is, I think this is a very symbolic move on the part of India. It was a very small contingent of Indian soldiers participating. They're not participating in the naval exercises uh, that are going to take place. And another thing that's important to remember the, is the U.S. is uh, conducting uh, military exercises inside of India as well. So I think India is really trying to, to play all sides here. It's drifted uh, towards the West, of course, in recent years, and it's really difficult for it to maintain um, that position. India has a huge population. It, it's going to suffer enormously if it would participate in the sanctions regime. The, its economy is already struggling so much because of this. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think that there's so much at stake for India. Nothing is simple. All right, Elizabeth Bra and Jennifer Murtaza Shvili, thank you so much uh, for joining us here on Straight Talk and joining the discussion. It was a pleasure speaking to you.